Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church, empowering people to empower people. We are continuing our discussion about David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And those of you who were with us yesterday, remember we were talking about the first part of the, the encounter, the first part of the story, as, as Goliath would stand every morning and every evening and issue a challenge to the army of Israel that, hey, why don't you just have, there's no sense all of us fighting. There's no sense getting in a big, big uproar here. Let's just, you, you guys grab a champion. You pick your guy. I'll come out. We'll fight each other. And then whoever wins, that's the winner. We, you know, we don't need to get everybody involved. And they saw him do this every morning, every night for 40 days. We talked about the fact that probably every time that they saw him, he got bigger and bigger and bigger until finally he was probably like 20 feet tall. And David comes out. His dad had said, hey, you need to send your brothers are in the army. I need you to take this stuff to them so they can have some extra provisions and see how they're doing. So he goes and he just happens to get there about the time that, that Goliath is issuing one of his challenges. And so he says to um, what will be done for the man that um, erases this blight, really, so to speak. What will be done for the man who gets rid of this uncircumcised Philistine, and they tell him, well, you're going to get rich. You're going to get a bunch of riches, and then you're going to get the king's daughter, and then you're going to, your family's going to be tax-free forever. I'll take it. Nobody <laughs> wants the deal. the deal, right? So, I mean, they're so scared of Goliath that these three things aren't enough. Nobody wants the deal. David, he's asking people about it. He's talking to people, and finally Saul hears, hey, there's a guy maybe might take the deal. He says, get him in here. I got to see him. Well, when he comes in, here's here's David, probably, as most people think, probably 17, 18 years old the most. And Saul takes one look at him and goes, oh, wow. <laughs> you can't fight this guy. He'll just turn you into mincemeat. This will never, it'll never work. And David says to him, God has delivered me from the lion and the bear. When I was watching my father's sheep, God delivered me. He said, in the same way that God delivered me from the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from this Philistine. And we talked yesterday about the fact that what he realized was the fight wasn't his. The battle wasn't his. The battle belonged to God. All he had to do was do what God said. All he had to do was realize that God was bigger than the problem in his life. And the principle for all of us is to realize that no matter what the problem is in our life, God's bigger than it. And we face all kinds of problems. We face all kinds of giants. They may not be a literal nine-foot-tall giant, but we face all sorts of problems. We face all sorts of giants in our life. What we need to remember always is that God is bigger than any of them. We were talking before we came on the air, and in fact, the last discussion we had yesterday was about how we're leaky vessels and how easy it is for us to forget what God says and the importance of 
constantly looking at Scripture, constantly reading Scripture, so that we always remember that greater is he that's in me than is in the world, because the devil, he's going to come to you. I don't care who you are. The devil's going to come to you. He's going to try and convince you that, no, it's not going to work. I mean, he tried to do it with Jesus. If he's going to try and do it with Jesus, he's going to try and do it with us. Right, right, right. I mean, so, uh, common sense. He has no respect. Right? He has I mean, no respect. If, if he's going to come to Jesus, he's going to come to us. And Jesus said that. And Jesus, every time the devil would say something, Jesus quoted him scripture. Which equates you, to the truth. You know what you and I need to be able to do? Quote him scripture. So when he comes to us in the middle of the night, and this happens to people. Something's going on in their life. They wake up in the middle of the night, wake up two, three, four in the morning. And the devil likes to come to you and say, you know, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. It's never going to pan out. Whatever it is, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to work for you. Yeah, maybe it worked for somebody else. Maybe somebody else got healed. Maybe somebody else God delivered. Maybe God delivered them and their financial problem. But you know it's not going to work for you. It, it's never going to work. He, for he you. likes to instigate doubt, and he does oh. that through thoughts, ideals, and suggestions. Right. He comes to give you a thought. It's usually a negative one, a negative ideal, and a negative suggestion, and he wants you to grab hold to that lie. See, and that's why we got to know the word. And, of God. and God says, I, "I came to give you a thought, ideal, and suggestion. It's called the gospel. It's good news. I want you to grab hold of that by faith and hold on to it. Don't let the devil steal it from you. That's why he says." The heart is the ground for the sowing of the seed of the word, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the truth. And you got to hold on to the truth of what God says. Well, that tells me I need to know what God says. Right. <laughs> I need Too to many feed Christians on what God, says. what God says. So we got to feed on God says. You were saying use the word. I like to re refer to it as, as feed on it because you are what you eat. If you eat the truth, Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. It'll constantly free you up. And free you up means I'm not in bondage anymore. I'm not weighed down because I've taken Jesus' yoke, which is easy, and his burdens, which are light. I didn't did a First Peter 5, 7. I didn't cast all my care upon him, for he cares for me. And again, I was thinking about David. We keep forgetting God. The Bible says in Jeremiah, God knew us before we was formed in our mother's womb. He, he knows everything. He knows what's going to happen 40 years from now in all of our lives. Well, just go back a little with David's life. He was anointed king at 12 uh-oh yeah, he we, didn't become king at 12 right right, right but, but, but remember samuel went to his house and, and looking for a king and, and daddy showed him all the other brothers he said no 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 it's got to be it's somebody else because the lord wouldn't have led me here for nothing he said well i got one more son but he's out with the sheep yeah, he's just a kid yeah yeah he's just a kid <laughs> he said let me see him then when he said oh, oh that's the one so now he's an, he anointed him king but he didn't start operating in that king so the anointing was on him to slay Goliath, which he didn't slay him for years later. And, and here's another revelation of that David story. His biggest battle wasn't Goliath. That was just a preview of coming attractions. His biggest giant was Saul, the same one that said, I'm going to give you all this stuff. Remember, Saul had him hiding in caves. That was his biggest battle. But but what happened, we know the end story of that, too. And we understand how he responded with Saul. He he had a lot of times to kill Saul. And he says, no, right, I'm going to respect. thought right, he was crazy for not doing right, it. Right, but I'm going to respect your office. And there's a lot of revelation there, and that's a whole new teaching. I'm going to respect your office. I'm going to respect 
what God's placed on you. Yes, he's taking the anointing off you. You need to recognize that. I'm the new guy in town. I'm the new king. I was anointed king at 12. You saw what God did. Not that, that spirit of jealousy hit Saul. He didn't want to be replaced. But at the end, he bowed down and said, okay. But that was one of his biggest, that was his biggest battle because, you know, he was hiding in caves and everything. Him and his men. So anyway, and we got to just have, that's why the Bible says, and all you're getting, get understanding. As you feed on the word of God, he's going to reveal all this other stuff to you. This, this hindsight. There's hindsight, insight, and then there's foresight. And you have to understand which one you're in at the time and, and, and discern the seasons and say, you know what? Like Richard was saying earlier, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. And if he did it for one of his kids, you can lay hold to that well, same promise by faith. See, and there's, there's what we always have to remember is that the God who delivered David will deliver me. Still on the throne. The God, He's sovereign. The God who delivered the people of Israel before the walls of Jericho will deliver me. The same one that set the children of Israel free out of Egypt that parted the Red Sea will deliver me. He's an awesome God, and he's for us. See, and the God that used Saul, who became Paul, right. will use me. Right. The we God have who used Peter. You know, and, and we've talked about this before, I think, in, in weeks past. When I look at, at Paul, sometimes I look at him, and man, he just seems so perfect that <laughs> it's hard to say, you know, man, I could, I could be just like him. But then I look at people like Peter. Man, Peter was kind of up and down and all over the map. You know, one day he's like walking on water, next day he's not so good. And one day he's he's scared of a girl in a courtyard and he's saying, Man, I don't I never even heard of Jesus. What are you talking about? I, I didn't even walk with I don't even know who you're talking about. I just hit town. I don't even know what you're talking about. And then the just a few weeks later, he's standing before the Sanhedrin who actually has power of life and death over him, and he says, I'm gonna keep preaching Jesus. I don't care what you guys do. I don't care what you guys say. I'm going to keep preaching Jesus. And so I look at somebody like like Peter, and I say, you know what? I could be like him because, you know, every once in a while you're up and down. Well, I, I think we've all, we we can all relate to a, a lot of the, I don't want to call them characters, but but people, people. in the Bible. At, at certain seasons in our life, we can relate to them all. We all can relate to David at seasons in our life. Job. <laughs> Joseph. And that's why I think Yo, you believe you get, God you used. You kind of go through that. Right, right. I believe God now. used all of these because he knew that we would all experience similar things. And he said, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. So go read Job's story and, and see how he got the victory. Go read Joseph's story. Go read David's story. Go read Esther's story. Go read Peter's story. Paul's story. The list, Timothy. The list goes on and on and on and on. And so, and we have to, that's why you got to feed on the word. It goes back to See, and the same the way word. that God dealt with them, he'll deal with us. Same way. He gave them the victory. Over in Hebrews, it talks about the hall of fame of faith. Even put a hooker in there, Rahab. There's something for everybody. That's all I'm saying. There's something for everybody. That's called the hall of fame. He said, by faith, they all did this. They all overcame and blah, 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 blah. Like, wow. Well, there's room for this in the hall of fame of faith. I ain't all that, but it, because God before me. I'm going to go ahead and accept what he said in his word. Right. See, because it's not up to Vince. It's not up to Richard. It's not up to anybody that's listening. It's our faith in God. Yesterday, you know, before we were talking a few days ago about Mark 11, mm -hmm. have faith in God. That's the key. Have faith in God. And all we have God. to do is say yes and amen to what he's already declared. 
Right. We just got to agree with it. I agree with what when God says. When he says all things are possible, we yeah. just say, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what faith is. I believe you. Faith is I agree with what you said, and I'm going to place confidence in what you said, and I'm going to keep, the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. Where in Revelation it says Jesus is called the living word of God. So I need to, it ain't a dead word. I need to look unto the living word of God as the author and the finisher of my faith or what I believe. He didn't tell me look at over here at nothing else. Look at the word because the word is living and powerful. And it's going to speak to you as you start feeding on it. It's going to nourish your inner man, your spirit. It's going to build you up and make you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that's why the devil tried to keep you from coming, studying, or just getting a Sunday snack. No. Jesus said man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. It says we should walk, live, and we live every day. So he says, I want you to feed on me every day. In John 6, he called himself the word, the bread of life. Well, he was the manna that came down from heaven. Right. And he, how, how often do they have to get that manna? Daily. Every day. Every Give day, us this day our daily bread. Keep it. It was no good. Well, the and, next day. and I do that as I'm praying. I say, Lord, thank you for giving me this day my daily bread, daily insight, daily revelation, daily nourishment from your word that's going to make me strong on the inside. Because real dominion comes from your spirit, not your flesh, from the inner man. And that's what this word does it nourishes your spirit. And it causes faith to come. It, it just builds you up. And that's what it means to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because this flesh is nothing. Well, you know, we have faith in God. Have faith in God. I'm going to believe God. When you really think about it, the God of the universe, the God who spoke the universe into existence says, all things are possible through me. Why would I want to disagree with him? Right. <laughs> Right? God, God's made a promise to me. He's made a promise to you. He's made a promise to everybody who's listening who is a child of his. All things are possible through me. Why would I want to disagree with him? Well, well, why, the, don't, why don't I say yes and amen? I, I accept that. I believe but, but, that. But here's the challenge right here, Pastor Richard. A lot of us, and all of us, we have that sin nature that came down through Adam, first family. But then again, we've been programmed by this world system who was controlled by Satan. So he programmed us to doubt and, and not believe the truth, but to believe his lies. So now when we get saved, we got to now go on this transformation process. And it's called being transformed by the new in your mind. You got to allow the word of God. That's why you got to feed on it every day to transform you by the renewing of your mind. And as that's happening, Jesus said in Matthew 15, every seed or every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. Well, he's talking about those lies that the enemy has planted in our spirit, in our hearts. Now, now there's control in our mind. He said, I need, there's going to be an uprooting process. And guess what he's going to use to uproot it? That two-edged sword, it's going to cut it out. It works for that too. It can slay giants and it can cut weeds out that's been deeply rooted in your spirit. That's why he said, receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save yourself. When it goes engrafted, it's going to cut something out. I tell people when you go into surgery, the doctor don't have no joy in cutting you, but he got to cut you to get to the problem. That's why you can't get offended when the word is being sown. You got to go ahead and receive it with meekness. That's why they put you out in some anesthesia. They put you to sleep because they're going to cut you. But they cutting you not just on... Have fun. Yeah, I'm cutting you. No, I got to get to the root of the problem and get this thing out. So God says, my word is going to cut you 
Because I got to uproot some stuff that's been planted in you by the... Remember, Jesus talked about the tares and the uh, the wheat. He said, an enemy is planted this. He said, but let them grow up together in due season. We'll, we'll cut them out. Once he gets strong, we'll cut them out. And we have to allow that cutting process. And guess who God's going to use in that process? Your pastor to uproot some stuff. And you can't get offended because he's using us as ministers, as Ephesians 4, pastor, for the equipping of the saints to empower you. And you got to go ahead and receive. You can't, oh, I ain't coming back there no more because that word didn't convicted you. No, he's cutting. We uprooting some stuff. I'm, I'm constantly reminded about 20 years ago, we had a lady come to our church. And she, after about two weeks, she told my wife, she said, I don't think I'm going to come back. And my wife said, why? And she said, because this is the first time I ever come to church and I feel bad sometimes when I leave. My wife said, like what? And she, she named a couple of things. My wife said, just consider that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Yeah, he's uprooting. still coming he's to our church 20 years later because she realized that God wanted to make some changes in her life. He wants to do it, it in all our lives. her at first because she didn't well, she, like it. But well, she had to get over that offense. Right. She didn't like it because she'd always believed certain things. And now her belief system was having to change. Right. And it offended her. And then once she realized it was the Holy Spirit at work in her. But you know what? So that happens to us when we're reading the Word sometimes. It'll convict we've you. Had, we've had thoughts in our mind. We've had things that we've believed in our mind our whole life. We don't even remember where we heard it. We don't even remember how we learned it. We don't remember who taught it to us. But we just always knew that was the way it was. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the Scripture says, no, that's not the way it is. And now you can be offended. You can say, "Well, I'm I'm just not going to do it. I'm not I'm I'm not going to listen to that." Or you can take it to heart and let the word well, work in your life. It's because that lie has been deeply rooted in you, and then the truth comes. And some of those lies were told to you by people in your family, right? Right by authority authority figures. So now, when the truth comes and bump up against that lie, that's where the problem is. And you got to go ahead and be willing to, to let the lie get cut out and let the truth set you free. And the truth, Jesus said, the words I speak are, are truth. This word of God is the truth. And it's also a sword of the spirit. It's going to cut some stuff out. And we got to just go ahead and receive the truth. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. You got to continue. You can't let it offend you. You got to go ahead and continue you know, if you're in a race, you can't, no, you can't stop. You got to keep moving. And he told us to fight that good fight of faith, run with endurance. You got to keep on receiving and keep on learning and growing and making those corrections. It says in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by, all word of God is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, emphasize correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly complete for every good work. Meaning you win if you allow the word to work in you. That's what it's for. It's, it's to, to profit you, to benefit you. Scripture says in Thessalonians, the word of God works effectively in those who believe. You got to let it work. And I tell people, I told you, it's in the word. We got to work the word because the word works. That's why he said in the beginning was the word. Well, if the word was in the beginning and it worked, it still works. It doesn't not work anymore. <laughs> Right. So we got to get it in us. Some of these things, you know, as you were talking, I was I was thinking, people hear things their whole life. One of the problems in this country has always been race, and 
And I think we're making huge strides in all of that. But my daughters will say to me, you know, the Civil Rights Act was 65. Voting Rights Act, I guess, was 65. And I was born in 58, so I'm seven years old. And my daughters will every once in a while to say to me, you know, when you were seven years old, black people still couldn't eat in certain restaurants. Black people still couldn't stay in certain hotels. Black people still couldn't drink out of certain fountains. And when I think about that, that I'm I'm seven years old when that <laughs> finally starts to change. And it's hard to believe because now as we've made certain strides, I think, you know, it's hard to believe some of those things actually occurred. But people their whole I, life I'm going to say occurred in a Christian country. Oh, <laughs> people their saying. whole life had heard that this group is inferior, that this group isn't as intelligent, right. that that this group needs to be segregated. And because they heard it their whole life... And how does faith come? By hearing. They started to believe it. There you go, right there. And well, that's just one example of the things that we hear our whole life. Nowadays, we live in California. I don't know where people are listening to this broadcast from. But there are a lot of people from Mexico coming to the U.S., I've heard people say the problem with California is too many Mexicans are coming across the border. If you hear that long enough, you could start to believe the problems in California are too many Mexicans coming across the border or too many immigrants from anywhere that are coming. I heard a guy say the other day there's too many people on the earth. Well, he yeah. just that was the ultimate right there. I was like, wow, okay. I thought God said be fruitful and multiply, but I guess uh it's too many. Because they believe it's too many, so it ain't going to be enough for everybody because there's too many people on the earth. Right. I'm like, well, God knew that. But see, we could we could start to think now, well, all our problems are due to too many illegal immigrants coming. And if, well, we, could just, if we could just stop the illegal immigrants from coming, we have then, made in the then California would be just prime. We'd be back to where we were. And if you hear those kind of lies, though, long enough, and it doesn't matter what they are. Mm-hmm. You can start to believe them. And maybe it was your parents told you. Maybe it was your grandparents told you. Maybe it was somebody else that told you. So sometimes we will have ideas in our head that once we're confronted with Scripture, we need to be willing to root out the ideas that we had in our head if they are contrary to what Scripture teaches. We, we've been talking at our Wednesday night Bible study about praying for people who are enemies. The Bible says, pray for the people who are your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Now, your enemies can be far off in another country. And man, a lot of people in this country think that everybody in North Korea is their enemy. Everybody in, in Iran is their enemy. Everybody in whatever country you want to pick. But you know what? There's Christians in North Korea. There's Christians in Iraq. There's Christians in Iran. There's Christians in every country and of the world. And here's the deal. God desires Christians, to, to popul- everybody to be a Christian. That's his desire. So that should be our desire. So we need to go and evangelize, and we're going to have to do that through love. Well, you know how many Christians say things like, well, the answer to Iran is just blow them up. Well, the answer to North Korea is just blow them up. Well, Jesus said, love your enemies. Right. Love, them, love them up. Love for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. But even as Christians, it's hard for us sometimes and we don't even have to be talking about Iran or Iraq or North Korea or anywhere else. That enemy Richard, might hard. be somebody you work with. But it's hard because of what you said earlier. 
stuff, lies that have been deeply rooted, that we haven't allowed to be cut out. They're still operating in us today. And the Bible says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. You have to constantly do a self-examination of yourself. And in this mirror, this, this Bible is the mirror that you look in. Am I looking like this Bible looks? If not, I need to make some corrections, some adjustments in my life. And, and a lot of us, we don't have that understanding because we're not in good Bible-based churches that are teaching us this. They're teaching all this other stuff. But, but you need to encourage your people to study to show yourself approved. That's what he says in Timothy. You study this word and that will show yourself approved. And use it as a mirror. And if you see you don't look right in the mirror, make some adjustments. Okay, okay, yeah, I got to do this. My love walk needs some adjustments. Let me walk, check on my, oh, my prayer life is falling off. You need to do that. And, and again, that's why Jesus said man should not live by bread alone but by every word. Put your life up to the word and see is it reflecting that because you're supposed to be a reflection of God. We're to be conformed to likeness of Christ. That's it. It's in the word still. All of this stuff we're saying is in the word of God. And we have to encourage and challenge ourselves to walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith is walking by the word so every when that, day. So when that enemy is your coworker who wants the promotion that you do too, Pray for them. You're supposed to pray for them. Right. Not plot how you're going to get it instead of them. Not plot how you're going to undermine them. Back, that's the world's system of programming. Programmed us to think like that. That's what the world does. In the kingdom of God, which we're in now, everything is totally opposite. Pray for your he enemies. He turns the world upside down. Right. And when you do that, back to Job. When Job prayed for his friends, every, his stuff was restored. That's how God operates. God so loved the world, he, he gave Jesus. As a sin sacrifice for humanity. That's what he did. And he tells us to let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Again, it's back to not just being hearers only of the word, but doers. That's what a rubber meets the road. But here's, here's the latter part of that. If you're not a hearer only, but a doer also of the word, you'll be blessed in what you do. That's the promise. You'll be blessed if you pray for that coworker. I'll be blessed. Yeah. You, just do it. It don't make sense. The gospel is not logical. See, and that blessing might not be you get the promotion. That blessing it might be might you didn't get hit way. by that car after lunch. Right. I mean, that <laughs> blessing could be anything. Right. You got another day. That blessing could be you're just closer to God than you were yesterday. Right. You're, you're obedient. He said obedience is better than sacrifice. He loves it when we just do what he commands or asks us to do without questioning it. Like David, back to David. I'm pretty sure the Lord led David out there on that day to that battlefield. He's okay, I know he's bigger than me, but you told me to go. Hey, speaking of go, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.